Amen. What a great day. All right. Man, baptism. Man, I was able to be up there and be a part of uh, watching Crystal get baptized for grandmothers here, celebrating her baptism. She was telling me about all that. I mean, how, how, how cool is that to start your day like that? And a great time of prayer with our prayer team this morning. What a great way to start a day. That's a good way to start it right there. So, man, we're so glad you guys are here today. If you're joining us online, we're glad that you're a part of it as well. And uh, we are in the middle of a series or just started. Actually, Pastor Tony started it last week. And uh, you guys give it up for Pastor Tony. He did an incredible job. And it's encouraging to know that you've got that kind of guy teaching our students. And uh, especially in the culture and the age that we're in, man, how exciting is that to know that there's solid teaching taking place on Wednesday night with our students. And that ministry is just growing and flourishing. It's, uh, it's awesome to be a part of. So we're in this series called Anxious About Nothing. And we know that there's oftentimes... That man, anxious thoughts can creep up, and and today we want to talk about letting go and letting God. And I know a lot of us know that statement, and we go, you know, hey, that's easy to say, hard to do. And I agree, it is sometimes. It's hard to let things go. It's hard to release things. It's hard to just lay them down. It's hard to walk down an aisle and put it on an altar. It's hard to do some of those things. I get that. But I want to uh, hopefully walk through some things today, and and you know, maybe there's some people watching online that you know. They don't know what God's Word says about some things. We were praying that this morning. You know, there's some of us that we know what we ought to do, but we, we need to be reminded what we ought to do. Because we can drift, right? We can kind of lose focus. We can forget or we kind of choose something else. We try something else rather than the way that God has given us. And so for some of us, we need a reminder. But there's some, and I believe maybe somebody watching online or somebody in the room, that just doesn't know how to deal with anxiety. And they don't, they don't know, you know what God's plan is for that. And so... I want us to kind of unpack what anxiety is a little bit. It's a, anxiety is a feeling of fear, dread, and uneasiness. You know, and so it's something that a lot of people deal with and a lot of people wrestle with. And, you know, as Tony said last week, you know, there's some medical conditions that can lead to that and be a part of that. And then some of it, you know, we believe is spiritual. Even physical things like, you know, anxiety, you may say, hey, well, I've been diagnosed with this. I get that. But God can also heal those things. We say, you know, God can heal cancer. That's a diagnosis, right? Well, God can heal that. And so we believe in the power of God. We believe in the, the power of God to heal. By His stripes, we are healed. So I believe that God can heal all things. I mean, that's just me, but I believe in miracles, and I believe in a God who can do those things. And so there are times we say, you know, well, God's gonna, He doesn't always heal. And I agree. It's God's decision. He is, it's His will that we seek, right? But he also uses medicine and he uses, you know, uh, treatments and stuff. And he uses things that help us become healed of these things. And so look at it again. Anxiety is a feeling of fear, dread, and uneasiness. And so you might say, well, I could fall into all three of those categories or all of those descriptions kind of apply to where I'm at. And so what we think about is with anxiety, sometimes it creeps up and it keeps us awake at night. There may be some of you here this morning. You go, man, I'm exhausted. I did not sleep again last night. You know, and all this stuff is running through my mind, and I just can't seem to conquer it. I can't seem to overcome it. You know, and I've been praying, and God's just not hearing me. God's hearing you if your heart is right. There's some things that we have to do to make sure our heart's right. But there are times that we lay in the bed, and we stare at the ceiling, and then we look at the clock, and we look at the clock, and we look at the clock. And, and here's the thing. We've got to be willing to let some things go. And we say, God, hey, I'm giving you this, and we take it right back. God, I, I'm, I'm lifting this up in prayer, but God, you know, this is how I think it needs to happen. Instead of going, God, I trust you to show me the steps. And so God wants us to, God is not, that is not the fruit of the Spirit. That's not how God wants us to live, right? So anxiety is not how God wants us to live. And, and I know some of us would say, well, that's not God's plan. But we gotta, we've got to understand, in this flesh that we, we battle, this flesh that we wrestle with, 
anxiety is a very real part of life. I mean, it is. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pop up, but we don't have to live there. We don't have to stay in that state of mind. You know, even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was anxious in the Garden. Somebody wait, wait a minute, wait. Jesus is never anxious. But if we look back and you look at the physical description that the Bible gives us, Jesus was battling it. But here's the thing. He pushed through that and said, God, not my will, but your will be done, right? And so there are times that we may wrestle with anxious thoughts, and they may hit us. And so that's the attack of the enemy. That's him saying, hey, listen, this is what you ought to focus on. But Jesus said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. I mean, he's, he's praying to the point that blood droplets are falling from his head. I mean, he's, his body is in duress. He knows what he is about to go through. And he even says, Father, is there another way? Is there another cup? Is, but hey, listen, God, I want what your will is, not my will. God, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. So here's the humanity of Jesus surrendering and submitting to the, to the divinity of the Father and saying, God, I surrender to you. And so Jesus, fully God, fully man, but here's saying he's fully man right here as he's battling this anxious thought. But he, he walks through that and lays it down and says, Father, my, not my will, but your will. And he lays down his life. And so a couple of things we, we need to understand is we're not to be in a perpetual state of, of anxiousness. Uh, there are moments that may hit. You know, I was talking with someone this past week. I don't like snakes, you know. And, uh, and so the other day, Laurie and I were walking. Uh, we were down at Orange Beach and we were walking and we're on, the, on those trails there. You know, we got these incredible trails down to Orange Beach. We love that, that area. And we're walking. All of a sudden, boom. I was like, whoop, back up. There's a snake right there. It's a little garter snake, but still, it's a snake. You know, and for me, it's like, hey, let's back up. And she goes, I didn't know what you had done. And I was like, yeah, I didn't know what that was either. You know, and so I wanted to make sure that thing was out of the way. And, and anyway, so there are times that we have moments. And, and so as we were talking about the snakes and everything, this guy said, he goes, if they catch me by surprise... I don't like them. He said, but once I know what they are and where they are, he said, I can handle those, you know, and I'm, I'm good with that. It doesn't bother me as much. But there are moments we get hit with anxious thoughts, and we've got to be willing to say, you know, God, I want to, I want to deal with this, and I want to give this to you. I'm not going to live here. I'm not going to focus on this over and over and over and over. That becomes worry, right? And so we're to not be in a perpetual state of anxiousness, even like with Apostle Paul. Tony did a great job coming out of Philippians last week, Philippians chapter 4, where he says, be anxious about nothing. But what he's saying, hey, listen, don't be in that continual state of anxious thought, that perpetual state of anxious thought, because there's moments going to be there. Because even like I said, Jesus was anxious at one point. And so look at this. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I don't know if you guys are aware of that, but 450 million people in the world battle some type of mental issue or mental unhealth. And a lot of that, you know, we go... You know, it's becoming more and more apparent. I mean, I think you see more and more of it now. There's athletes that are talking about their struggle with anxiety or depression. And there are times whenever I said, you know, God, you know, uses medicine to help get someone's chemical balance back in order. Or maybe, it, you know, it's, it's counseling or therapy or whatever it might be. I thought it was really cool. Last week I had two people, two ladies walk up to me and they said, I walked into this building anxious. I said, I'm walking out of here with a perspective of praise. I'm walking out of here praising. I was like, man, how awesome is that? So they showed up here on that last Sunday morning anxious and concerned or worried or, or that feeling of dread. And they walked out of here praising God and praising Jesus and praising God for his word. This past week, you know, one of the, the scriptures we heard was rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And there were a couple times when people would call me and say, hey, listen, man, you know, hey, to start telling me, I'd say, just rejoice. And they were like, they were here. And they were like, yep, you're right. You're right. And so I'm going to choose to rejoice. And sometimes we have to choose to praise God in the midst of the storm, no matter what we're going through. You know, you know what? God, you're in control. You're at work here. And, and so 
mental health awareness is something we need to be aware of. And so we need to go, you know what, there are things that we need to understand. There are things that can cause us to move towards unhealth. Uh, even this past week, I saw where L.L. Bean, I don't know if you guys remember Bean Boots, but L.L. Bean shut down their social media uh, stuff for, for a month for, for mental awareness, uh, for mental health awareness. And so they said, you know, we believe all this social media junk kind of contributes to that. So they, not even being, you know, Christian that I know, they may be, I don't, maybe some Christian leadership there. But the thing is, is that's just a secular group saying, hey, listen, we feel like this contributes to it. So we're taking the month of May off, and we're encouraging people to be outside. Hopefully they'll buy our products. I'm sure that's what they're thinking. But I'm sitting there going, that's a great idea. What if maybe we say, hey, you know, for a month, we're going to get off social media. For a month, we're just not going to do anything on there. Or we're going to move away from that for a season. And there are times you have to be willing to do what it takes to get mentally healthy. And time away is not a bad thing to do that. Gen Z, this current generation that we're, these young folks, it says is the most anxious of all the generations. The, the most anxious of all the generations, and you would say, maybe it is the social media, maybe it is the technology, maybe it is all the stuff that they're trying to keep up with, and they see how everybody else is living, and they're trying to keep up with that. And, and so we don't want them having to live like that. And, and so and I'll just say this too, also America, the most anxious nation in the world. You realize that? We have the American dream, right? We have freedom here. You know, one of the things that I love is our military, and yesterday was, I think, uh, Armed Forces Day, Right? And so we celebrate our armed forces. There are families here in the room that have served, and they, they're serving currently. Some of the, There's a lot of veterans and stuff in the room. But Armed Forces Day. You know, here are people that have given to fight for the freedom for us to be able to do what we do here in America, but yet we live in, in, in anxiety with anxious thoughts. Most anxious uh, nation in the world right now. And one of the least anxious is Mexico. Isn't that crazy? And so Mexico right below us is one of the least anxious because I guess they have siestas and, you know, they take it easy. But the cool thing, the crazy thing is they're all wanting to come here. And whenever they get here, they get stressed out, you know. And so, uh, so the thing is, is we go, you know, why are we so anxious? And we've got to be willing to ask ourselves, hey, what, what makes us so anxious and why are we living that way? And why, why is there not the fruit of the Spirit in our life? And why are we living with the fruit of the flesh more than the fruit of the Spirit? And, and so I want us to unpack some things today. And this is Jesus' teaching about not worrying. And this is out of, the, you know, out of Matthew chapter 6 here. And, and this is the sermon on that. This is the greatest sermon ever, ever, ever to happen, Jesus is teaching here. And so I want us to kind of unpack this a little bit as we walk through this today. And, and there, there's, a, there's a lot of Scripture that I think if, if we will apply that text today... And we will apply that, that teaching to our life. Number one, I think some of you will walk out of here with less anxiety or either this whole week you'll begin to see things a little bit different. And so look at what it says. It says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Again, this is Jesus teaching. He's teaching the people there. He said, look at the birds. Uh, they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them, and aren't you far more valuable to them, to Him than they are? And He's saying, I mean, just look around you. I mean, doesn't God take care of them? Doesn't He? Doesn't He feed them? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. And, and so here He's saying, Hey, listen, man, just look how 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 well God does things. I mean, look how incredibly He does things. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. You know, and, and so you look around, you see roses, you see all kinds of flowers, you see all kinds of stuff, and it says, man, they're beautiful. And we just, people just ooh and awe over them. 
And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And so what Jesus is addressing here is, is an issue of faith, little faith, that our faith is not where it needs to be, and our faith is in the wrong things. And so he's speaking to that. He's addressing that. So don't worry about these things saying what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear. In other words, stressing over these things that he says really aren't the most important things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. And I catch that. For the, for the believer, it should be that we go, you know what, man, I know who to trust. I know who to lean into. I know that God has got this. I know that God has got me. I know that God has got all of us, you know. And, you know, there are things that God says, hey, listen, these are steps I want you to take, and we have to be willing to take those. But we've got to know that, you know what, God wants us to think differently than an unbeliever. So these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. And so let that sink in for a minute, what Jesus said right there. He said, seek the kingdom of God above all else, above everything else. Instead of all the things that you think about and you worry about throughout your day, He said, hey, listen, focus on the kingdom of God. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So he said, hey, listen, don't, don't, do, don't go there. Don't worry about all this stuff. And a lot of us, that's what we do. We worry about bills, and we worry about you know, things that we want, and we worry about what somebody else has, and we worry about our clothing. We worry about all this stuff. And then we worry about you know, you know, what kind of house we want and all this stuff. I mean, there's so many things that can get in the way. And, and I want you to notice something, this right here, therefore. Therefore, so what happens is right before Jesus said all that we just read, you know, he, he says something else, and I want us to back up. So we're going to kind of go backwards. We read that, but if you look at the beginning of that, it says, hey, therefore, you know, because of that, because of what I've said, so I want us to back up to what he said before that, right? So he said, hey, listen, don't worry about things. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to, you know, uh, all these things that you're going to drink. Don't worry about that. So let's back up to the verse, verses right before that. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth. Now, that is not the American dream, right? What we do is we are constantly trying to store up treasures here on earth. We're trying to accumulate stuff so that people will be impressed with what we have. You know, we want papers on the wall to everybody know what we know and, you know, what, you know where we went to school and all these things. And, and so we can consider those treasures, right? And we're always accumulating these things and we're always trying to work to have more stuff and more money and, and more things so that we can let everybody know how successful we are rather than going, you know, God, help me to be focused on, on the things that matter. But he says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Has anybody ever, ever in here uh, been broken into or robbed or anything like that? Raise your hand. Raise, raise it high where I can see it. A lot of you. All right. So you've been robbed or something's been stolen from you. I mean, that's a, that's a bad feeling, isn't it? Years ago, Lori and I, were, we had gone away for the weekend with our boys, and uh, we were celebrating Lori's mom and dad's uh, anniversary, and we were in Folly Beach, South Carolina. So we get there, and I think I've shared this with you guys. We get there, and we're thinking, you know, man, it's going to be a great week, and we get to the house. It's a, you know, it's a nice house. We're all going to be staying together. And so we drop the kids off with Lori's parents and say, hey, listen, we're going to try to figure out how to get to the beach because we were not on the beach, but we wanted to get to it. So Lori and I start down the road, and... We get down and we turn around at this dead end. We're coming back and a drunk driver hits his head on. Boom. And, and, and I get out. You know, our car's caved in. Airbags did not go off. Uh, but his did. And this guy's drunk as he can be. And Laurie's about ready to whip him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm having to hold her back. And I'm like, and I mean, she is in fight mode. 
And I'm out there directing traffic, and she's like, what is, what are, what is up with you? Because it seems like I'm normally the one that would hit fight mode. But I'm like, hey, man, there's nothing we can do about it. Cops get there. They arrest him. They take him away. Uh, we were able to make, you know, drive our vehicle back. All the air conditioning's gone, but the radiator didn't get torched. So we're thinking, hey, it's all right. So we have to take the car to have it uh, dropped off, see if they can get it uh, at least running. And so they get that done. And so we're there the whole week, so we're driving Laurie's mom and dad's car around. So we go to a movie one night, and Laurie sideswipes somebody's car. It's like one of those weeks, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so we had, to, we, we had to sit out there for the whole movie to end to tell them, you know, and, to get, and instead of just leave a note, we was like, no, let's just go ahead and talk to them. So we got that worked out. So then we get back, and we get back, and we're getting back on I-85 I- coming back towards uh, Montgomery there in Opelika, Auburn area. And Laurie turns in front of somebody, and I'm like, what are you doing? You know, and so we almost have another wreck. And I'm like, man, we're going to die before this week is over, you know. And, and so we get going down the road, and I look at Laurie and say, I guarantee you when we get home, our house is broken into. And she's like, don't say that. And I was like, no, I'm just telling you, that's the way it's going. You know, it's one of those weeks. And anyway, so maybe I was being anxious. I don't know, you know. And so anyway, so we get to the house. We get home. There's nothing wrong. We, that was a Saturday. We come in. I preach. It was Father's Day. I preached that Sunday. We get home. Our house has been broken too. Is that not a crazy week? I mean, gum, you know. And so, Laurie, and so Laurie was like, I feel violated. It was like this hard, hard, you know, weird feeling. God had gone through and robbed everything. And so anyway, we we're like, you know, hey, just it is what it is. But it was just stuff. See, our treasures, I mean, we didn't lose anything. It's kind of a weird feeling. But the thing is, I mean, it's just stuff. You know, that car, that vehicle, it's just stuff. So all those things can be replaced or repaired. You know, even the stuff that the guy took, it was, it was important stuff. It was jewelry I'd given Laurie or stuff I'd given to people, you know, the boys and stuff like that. But it's just stuff. We still kept moving, right? And, and so what happens is we get caught up in the treasures here. It says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth and rust, uh, where moth eat and, the, and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Because there's going to be things that you have. And a lot of you raise your hands and say, hey, man, I've been... Either something stole from me, robbed or whatever. And you know that feeling. But here's the thing is, you're still here, right? Life keeps moving forward. Now, you might be aggravated about that. You might still be working through that. But Jesus said, hey, listen, don't store up treasures here. Store your treasures in heaven where moss and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. In other words, whenever our focus is on the things of the kingdom, and really that's where we put our value on stuff, you know, that is not the American dream. I get that. And that is not what we're often taught by our culture and by everything that we see on TV and all the advertisements that we see that you have to have this. You need this. But we go, you know what? It really is about the kingdom. And, and, and I want to be focused on the things of the kingdom. And so Jesus is telling us this. Like I said, this is before he tells us to not worry. So wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So if you want to know where your heart really is today... And if you're in here really anxious, or maybe you're watching online and you're really anxious about all this stuff, it's because your heart's there. Your heart's not on Jesus, and it's not on the kingdom of God, and it's not on the things of God, it's not on the Word of God. You might say, well, Mike, I love all those things. I get it, but where are they in the priority list? Where is the focus? Is it really on the things of God, or is it on the things of this world? It says, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. And when your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. Like watching Crystal get baptized upstairs was pretty awesome. I'm telling you, man, she is lit up like a Christmas tree, just a beautiful smile. And we're all up there celebrating with her, you know, and, and I'm sitting there going, you know what? The light is good in Crystal today. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, look, it looks good right there. And I'm thinking, how awesome is that? And that's the way we all ought to be. 
that wherever we go, man, the light of Christ is shining in us, right? And that people see that, and our focus is not on these things that make us dark. And this darkness kind of kind of makes our heart corrupt, and it makes our heart bad. And it says, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. And when your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. So whenever my focus is on the kingdom of God, and the things of God, and the word of God, and Jesus, then here's the thing, it, it affects everything that's in me. And the things of this world do not concern me as much as, as they would if I was all up in the flesh or if I was focused on the things of this world more than I was focused on Jesus. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. This is Jesus teaching again. Jesus said, hey, listen, stay focused on the light of the world. That's me. He said, but man, if you focus on this other stuff and you think that's it, man, how dark is that darkness? It becomes anxiety and depression. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. And you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, you, some of you guys are going like, well, I like money a lot. You know, I like money. I like to have money. And God says that he will provide, and he does. But here's the thing is it cannot be your God. Nothing wrong with having money, right? I mean, we look back at Abraham. Abraham was like a Fortune 500 company in, 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 the, in the Bible. I mean, he had so much stuff, it was crazy. Nothing wrong with having it as long as it doesn't have you. Nothing wrong with having it, you know, and, and utilizing it for the purpose of the kingdom and to be a blessing to others and, and to provide for your family. Nothing wrong with that. But when it becomes your God, I mean, money is a great tool, but it is a terrible God. And too often what we do is we let money or things or stuff, all these other things, the things of this world, they become the God of our life rather than the God of the universe. So we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to get my heart right in these areas. So God wants us to focus on our spiritual life. And what we have a tendency to do is we focus more on our, our physical life or we focus more on our financial life or we focus more on these other things. And what, what God's Word is pretty clear there as we read in Matthew is that God, Jesus is teaching, you know, from the Sermon on the Mount, that He's teaching, hey, guys, focus on the spiritual things. So think about this past week. How much time did you spend focused on spiritual things? How much time did you spend in prayer this past week? That's what we're taught by Jesus to do. The disciples said, Jesus, will you teach us to pray? Because it was obvious that's where his power and his strength came from. So how much time did you spend in, in prayer this week? Or even this morning? Did you spend any time in prayer? Did you spend any time praying for people? Now, somebody may have said, hey, you know, this is going on. You say, praying, praying. And then you don't pray, right? You just say, hey, I typed in praying. So that, makes, that means I'm good. But maybe you say, hey, listen, you know what? I'm praying. And then you stop and you pray for that person. You pray for that person. I, I, I see a, a lady sitting right over here that is from Ukraine that sent me a message and said, Hey, listen, if you would be praying for this pastor that was, he was uh, abduct, abducted by the Russians and was beaten and tortured because they thought he was an American spy. And she said, Would you be praying for him? And I messaged her back and I said, I'll be praying. And I stopped right then and I prayed for that pastor. I couldn't pronounce his name hardly, but I did pray for him. You know what I'm saying? And so I prayed for him. And so oftentimes what we do is we go, Hey, listen, let's. I'll be praying for you, but we really don't pray. So that's the spiritual thing that we do. The reading of God's Word, we meditate on it. We think on it. We take that passage, hey, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And so maybe all week long we took that passage and we said, I'm going to rejoice. No matter what's coming my way, I'm going to rejoice. You know, and I'm going to choose to have a perspective of praise this week. And so when we do those things, what we're doing is we're meditating. We're, we're doing something spiritual. I'm going to be focused on the kingdom of God today, not my little kingdom. 
Not what I can accumulate. Not what I can make. Not what I, but what can I give? Who can I serve? I mean, those are the things of the kingdom, right? And so God wants us to focus on the spiritual life. That my life is about giving away and blessing others and serving others rather than me trying to manipulate people to give to me. But if anything, we're going, you know, who can I bless today? Who can I encourage today? Who can I speak life over today? That's what we should be focused on. That's what Jesus was saying. And so meditating is focusing on something over and over and over and over, right? And so maybe we take God's Word and we meditate on it. That's what Scripture tells us to do. Meditate on it. Think on it over and over and over and over. And so maybe you take a passage, you know, and maybe it is rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Just that little part, you say, you know what? I'm going to meditate on that. I'm going to think on that over and over and over and over. And so whenever we think on those things and we think about the kingdom of God, and, and maybe like if you're watching today or you're in here today, you're thinking, hey, I wonder if there's anybody in here that does not know Jesus Christ, that has not put their faith in Christ like Crystal did. Or maybe there's somebody in here that has never gone through the waters of baptism, never experienced what she experienced today. You know, and you're thinking on those things over and over. God, will you use me to encourage them? God, will you use me to speak life over them? God, will you use me in some way to help them take those steps? That's what we ought to be thinking on, right? When we walk up to a ball field or to a ballpark or whatever, we're not thinking about, hey, how good is my kid going to play today? We're going, God, this is a mission field. God, there's people here that don't know you. They don't even know about Jesus. There's been times here in our our community where I'll share with somebody, I say, man, has anybody ever shared Jesus with you? And they're like, no. And we have people from all over the world that live here, right? And they didn't grow up in the South where maybe they were, you know, exposed to it regularly. But I'm just saying, we've got to be able to say, God, help me to focus on the kingdom. The kingdom of God expanding, growing. Last weekend, there were people that put their faith in Christ in here. I believe there's people that watching online that may have made that decision. My thing is, you know what, let's be focused on the kingdom of God. Not just what's here and what I can accumulate. And so meditating is focusing on something over and over. So meditating on God's Word and God's kingdom, I said is a good thing, but really it's a God thing. Focusing on God's Word, His promises, His truth, you know, and then focusing on the kingdom, that's a God thing. That's what God is telling us to do. That's what Jesus, who is fully God, but yet fully human, is saying, hey, listen, focus on the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. And so when we focus on those things, man, that's what we that's what we get excited about. But look at this. Worry is negative meditation, right? So worry is me thinking on the problems or the storm or everything else that seems to be not of God. When I focus on those things over and over and over, it causes me to worry. When I focus on things to the point of where I have this kind of sense of fear or dread, you know, this anxious thoughts, these anxious feelings or whatever, that is me putting my faith or my strength or my focus more on the flesh and more on the things of this world than the things of God. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, I, want, I don't want to be focused on the, the worry. And you might say, well, Mike, are you not supposed to worry about anything? No, no, no. Here's what I'm saying. We've got to be concerned about things. And then we take steps of action. But we have to take those things to the Father. You know, and, and then God will reveal what the steps are. Jesus in the garden says, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And so he, he, he releases it to the Father, right? He says, here I am. Use me, however. And then he what? He goes to the cross. And he literally lays down his life on a cross. He bleeds out his precious blood for our sins. He took the next step. He even toted a cross that was heavy with his back ripped to shreds by the guards. He had been beaten and punched, hair pulled out, spit upon, all those things. And he kept taking those steps because he trusted the Father. 
But he kept moving towards what was God's plan and what would literally change the kingdom of God forever. The gospel message of Jesus going to the cross, dying on that cross, being buried in a tomb, being resurrected by the power of God. And here's the thing. He offers eternal life to all of us, right? So he let it go. He gave it to God. But, man, he took the steps that God revealed. And so we don't worry, but, man, we, we, we listen and we surrender and we trust him. And I want to give you a couple of things to look at today. So, so then Jesus come, said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I want us to unpack this a little bit. We carry heavy burdens sometimes, right? And sometimes it can seem overwhelming. There may be some of you in the room today, you, you, you have been overwhelmed all week long. And so I hope this word is for you today. But then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you what? Rest. Maybe there's some of you that are watching online, or maybe some of you in the room, you haven't been able to sleep. And maybe maybe God is going to give you, you know, maybe there's a medication that will help you with that. You know, God uses medicine. I'm good with that. But it may be that you're holding on to stuff, and maybe you've got to let go of some stuff so that you can rest. And so then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary. So you have to realize, you know what, I'm weary. And carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and and you will find rest for your souls. Ooh, that's good stuff right there. Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So here we go. Let's look at this. So we must realize we're in need. First place to be is for you to go, you know what, man, I'm in need. Maybe the best thing that any of you could have done today, watching online or in the room, is you go, you know what? I am anxious. Just admit it. I am anxious. I am overwhelmed. And my focus is on the wrong things. And, and, and so, you know what, man? I need Jesus to change things. I need Jesus in my life. I need the Word of God. I need to change my focus. And so we must realize we're in need. That's the best place we can start, right? I can remember for me at the age of 19, I, you know, I was sitting there going, man, I... I know that I want to know Christ. I know that I, I want my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want to, when I die, I want to go to heaven, man. I want, I mean, who doesn't? Who wants to go to hell? Nobody, right? And so I was like, man, I want to go to heaven, but I don't know what it takes. And, and so I realized I was in need of, number one, the Word of God to know what to do. And I was in need of a Savior. I needed to be saved. And so whenever we get there, that is the best place to be sometimes is when we realize we're in need. So maybe you're here today and you go, you know what, I... No, I have need. That's a good place to be, that we must realize we're in need. And then the second one is this. We, we need to come to Jesus. That's, there's nowhere else to go. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so we go, you know what, Jesus, I'm coming to you. And maybe there's some of you today here in the room, or maybe you're watching online, you're saying, you know what, Jesus, I'm coming to you. Jesus, I'm taking that step towards you. Jesus, I'm coming to you with all the faith that I have. Jesus, I'm coming to you with this issue. Jesus, I'm coming to you with this anxiety. Jesus, I'm coming to you for change. I'm coming to you for healing. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. They say, hey, come on. Come to me. We must give up control. Boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? Any control freaks in the room? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. We must give up control. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So I don't know if you know the, you know what a yoke is, but like for cattle, there would be a yoke. It would be a wooden thing that would go between two cattle. There would be one cattle would have his head in here and the other one have his head in here. 
And anyway, so what Jesus said, hey, let's take my yoke upon you. In other words, link up with me, connect with me. And then look what he says, and learn from me. In other words, let go and follow me. And what we often do is we want to tell Jesus what really needs to happen and what he needs to do. We can remind him of his promises, and I can tell you that's a good thing. But we have got to be willing to surrender and submit and say, Jesus, I trust you. I believe you know what's best. And so whenever we link up with Jesus, whenever we surrender to Jesus, we're going to learn from him. And he's, he's going to say, hey, listen, just, just trust me. Just follow me. Follow my lead. And, and as we're walking through life, he's going, hey, listen, just trust me. And he's using this agricultural term of a yoke. But what he's saying, hey, listen, just lean into me, link up with me, trust me, and I've got you. And you'll learn from me. And, and I'm just telling you, you're going to find out, you know what, that my yoke is light. Hey, man, this is not going to be a burden on you. And so we must learn to trust Jesus completely. So he says, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. There's some of you in here, maybe some of you watching online that you go, man, I would love to experience that. Rest for my soul. Rest for my mind. Rest in life. Man, I would love to have that kind of rest. And there's some of you who've probably been trying your whole life. I don't care if you're 23, 33, 43, 53, 63, 73, 83. You've been trying, trying, trying. You just don't have that rest But we've got to trust Jesus to get it. And if we would be willing to say, Jesus, I, I trust you. I, I mean, just that statement, rest for your soul is the best kind of rest. You ever have, you ever, like yesterday, Laurie and I were moving th- things. You know, I hate moving. Golly, does anybody else here hate moving as much as I do? I mean, I hate moving. I've always told Laurie, when we sell our house, can we just sell everything as is, just let it go? Pictures and all. And she's like, are you crazy? But I'm telling you, I hate moving, and so we are moving into a house that we've purchased, and we're not building because, you know, building costs are crazy, so we're just, we bought a house, and we're kind of moving. So we're having to pack everything up, and we went all day long yesterday, and so we got in the bed last night. It was like one of those where you just, you just die, you know what I'm saying? I mean, but when the alarm went off this morning, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I didn't feel rested. <laughs> I mean, it was like, all right, I could have slept till 12 o'clock today, I feel like. It's one of those days. And uh, plus, I had dreams all night. Do you ever have dreams, and you're like, man... What do we eat? You know, because the dreams wear you out. You're fighting people. I mean, all kinds of stuff. You know, and so, so rest for your soul is the best kind of rest. So we can wake up sometimes from a, a you think, hey, well, that was a decent night's rest because it was eight hours, whatever. But you're wore out. And so here's what I would say. There's people that say, hey, man, you know, hey, I got a good night's rest. But you know what? Your soul did not experience rest. Hey, you went through a week and, man, you, your soul didn't have rest. But we only get that by trusting Jesus, by, by literally laying it down. And say, Jesus, I trust you. I surrender to you. And here's the thing. The fruit of us putting our faith in Christ and receiving the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to work in us. And the Holy Spirit teaches us. That's what Jesus does. He teaches us, right? Just look at Galatians real quick. And, and we won't spend a whole lot of time here. But the, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Everybody wants love, right? Joy. In other words, there's joy in your life. I mean, you're excited about life. There's what? There's peace. Patience. For those of us that say, man, I don't have any patience, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It only comes from you know, Jesus working in you and the Holy Spirit literally teaching those things. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. I want you to love that. There's no law against these things. But look, look at what it says right after that. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. In other words, we've said, hey, you know, it's not about the world. It's not about this stuff. It's about the kingdom of God. And so we've nailed that stuff to the cross. 
too often what we do is we, we may have nailed it to the cross, we want to pick it up again. And let me tell you, Christians can struggle with anxiety because we forget what we've done, right? And we move to doing something, hey, we're going to try something different. Or we look at the world and go, well, they look like they've got this and they look happy and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And they've got all this stuff going on. Man, they're in debt up their eyeballs probably. You know what I'm saying? But that's what we think we need to have. But you don't know the stress they're living with. So since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. In every part. That we go, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the Spirit. I'm gonna I'm gonna be led by the Spirit of God. I wanna I wanna focus on Jesus. I wanna focus on the kingdom of God. I wanna focus on the Word of God. And so maybe this week, do a do a time inventory. Now, I don't know if you know what a time inventory is, but write down what you do throughout the day. It'll drive you crazy, you know. But write down what you do throughout the day, and then look back at the end of the week and see how much time you really spent in prayer, how much time you spent reading God's Word, how much time you spent focused on spiritual things, and then how much time you spent doing everything else. How much time you spent reading the, God's Word? How much time you, you spent applying it? How much time you spent sharing the gospel with somebody? How much time you spent serving somebody? Just take the time and say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to focus that. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an inventory. So here's some next steps. There we go. Next steps for me today. Follow the steps we just covered, right? I just gave you some steps. So let's just kind of hit them again real quick. Realize your need. You know what, man? I need Jesus. I need to change my focus. Whatever the need might be, whatever God has revealed to you today, realize that need and say, you know what, I can't stay the way that I am because I'm overwhelmed, I'm anxious, I'm fretting, I'm worried, I'm fearful. You know what, and that is not God's plan. That was not any of the fruits of the Spirit that we read. And you go, you know what, I, I realize there's a need. Come to Jesus. Man, I'm coming to Jesus with all the faith that I have. I'm coming to Jesus because I need to be saved. I'm coming to Jesus because He can heal me. I'm coming to Jesus because He can take away this stuff. I'm coming to Jesus. That's what I'm doing, right? And so I'm coming to Jesus. And here's a give up control. You've got to be willing to let it go. Instead of being the control freak, you go, you know what? I'm giving it up. I'm laying it down. I'm leaving it at the altar. I'm laying it down. Maybe you're at home. You get up and you get, say, you know what? This couch is going to become my altar. I'm going to get down on this, by this couch and I'm going to let this, I'm going to leave this on this couch. I'm going to leave this on this coffee table, whatever it might be. But I'm letting it go. I'm giving up control. And then the last one. Is trust Jesus. Just trust Him. Come to Him, but you've got to trust Him. And there's things, I'm just telling you, that will not, you know, not make sense. There's things that you go, you know what? God, I just don't know if it's going to work out. And he's going, trust me. Trust me. And so maybe today, there's something that you feel like, I'm not sure this is going to make it. And Jesus says, I, I, it will. But you've got to trust me. And sometimes we've got to trust Him enough to take that first step. And then we've got to trust him enough to take that second step. And maybe that is to say, hey, listen, I'm sorry. Or, hey, I want to ask you to forgive me. Or, or whatever it might be. So maybe it's a step in a relationship. Maybe it's a step to, hey, listen, you know what? We're going we're gonna to start living on a budget. That's a financial decision. We're going to start living on a budget. We're going to establish a budget. We're going to live on a budget. And we're going to pay off all this debt that was just stressing us out. Those are steps of faith, right? And so you've got to be able to say, God, I, I, I trust you. God, just show me the steps. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And, and you just you respond however the Holy Spirit leads you to respond today. But I believe there's some people in the room that maybe, man, you, you, you've been anxious. You walked into this room anxious today. You've been, you're, maybe you're watching online. You've been anxious. And you realize, you know what, folks have been on the wrong thing. There may be somebody here in the room that has never put their faith in Jesus for salvation. They've never been saved. Or maybe there's somebody watching online that has never 
surrendered their life to Christ. They've never come to Jesus. They've never put their faith in Him completely. I want to give you that opportunity. Just right where you're at, just say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me and for my sins. And Jesus, I realize today, I realize that I am in need. And Jesus, I realize I need a Savior. I don't need religion. I don't need rituals. Jesus, I need you. I need a Savior. And so, Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I'm coming to you and I'm putting my faith in you for salvation. And I'm putting my faith in you to change me, to heal me, and to make me new. And so, if that is your prayer, if you're here in the room, if you don't mind, would you just raise your hand and say, Mike, that's me. I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in the room? I see your hand here. I see hands all over the room. Praise God. That is awesome. Man, that is so incredible. How awesome is that? Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you made that decision online. If you don't mind, text us. Text my decision, 94,000. Let us know. But those of you that just raise your hand, everybody else keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. But if you raise your hand, I want you just to look up here real quick. Just look up here. I know it takes courage. Look up here. Look up here. If you, may, if you raise your hand for salvation and you believe with everything that's in you, I mean, I have put my faith in Christ, then I'm just telling you, you are a child of God. You are adopted into His family. You're, you're, you're part of the family now. And so what I'm telling you is He has washed you clean. He has made you whole. He has redeemed you. Now it's to follow Him. It's to, to follow His teachings and to live according to His Word, right? And the more that we do that, the more that we trust Him, the more that He changes us. And all these other things will begin to fade away if we stay focused on the things of God. So to all of you that raised your hand, man, praise God for you having the courage and the faith to do that. And so I just want to say welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Now walk in that truth and stay focused on that kingdom on the kingdom of god there may be others in here that man you've made a decision today as well maybe you've already put your faith in christ but you know what you have never or you have been focused on the wrong things and you need to lay some things down and so the, the worship team is going to come they're going to lead us in a song and it's going to be a song of response because i feel like there are times we need to respond we need to take a step and, and so our prayer team is going to be here at the front they're going to be here at the front to pray with you and whenever you stand, I just want you to get up and go ahead and go and lay down whatever it is that you've been holding on to. Or maybe that you've been focused on and say, you know what, God, I'm leaving this here today. And God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. And so as the worship team leads us, you get up. You go lay it down. You go let it go. And say, God, I'm not in control. You are. And so everybody stand right now, if you would. Just stand and you respond as the Holy Spirit leads.